0: Hebrews chapter 6 verses 1 to 3 form our text tonight. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this will we do, if God permit. As you know, I am into my 16th year among you, and you've kindly chosen to recognize that tonight, with affection and with the supper that we will, God willing, enjoy afterwards. Well, this is a very appropriate text, I feel, For tonight. I didn't plan it to fall on this evening by any means, but I can see that it's in God's good providence that it has fallen on us at this time. And I'm very much struck with its suitableness tonight, and I think that you must be too as we get into it and as we go through the text together. Congregation, I think that we've often found this, have we not, in God's house. That as we come together, we find that His Word has dovetailed very often in our lives. Some of you have testified to that personally, very many of you, that the Word has been so appropriate to that point in which you're in in your life and whatever your struggle is at that time. And that has always been an encouragement to me that you have found that the Word has been fitting on occasions. And may the glorious name of God be praised and glorified for that. And may he never leave us nor forsake us in all the occasions when we come together around his holy word. This text forms the basis of an exhortation. An exhortation such as a preacher might give who has been a long time among a people. We might say that it is the long pastor's exhortation. Not the pastor's long exhortation, but the long pastor's exhortation. The pastor who's been a reasonable length of time amongst the people. And he is giving an exhortation with that in mind. That the years have passed, that time has gone, time to grow has taken place. And it comes to a point where it's fitting to say something about that. And so this is the long pastor who has now seen his milk drinkers under his ministry long enough to have become meat eaters. Maybe some have. Maybe some haven't. but it's a fitting exhortation in that circumstance. So 15 years then, that's what we're saying. That ought to be long enough to turn young believers into mature, spiritual, adult saints of God. And now these verses, I remind you, they form really the end of chapter 5. You can see that at the first word, for example, therefore, leaving the principles. So that's connecting us with the verses before, the verses that we dealt with last week. The chapter division is not inspired. That was made, as we were reminded last night, by our brother in the mid-1500s. Not inspired are the chapter divisions. And sometimes there might be better divisions made of the chapters in the Scripture. And this is a case of that here. where We have to connect these with the end of chapter 5. Where Paul was saying to the Hebrews, You ought to be teachers. You've been under the word of God long enough. You ought to be able to instruct the saints themselves. But instead, you have to be taught again the principles. You have to be instructed in the principles of the oracles of God. You still need the milk. You're still babes. When you ought to have been spiritually mature now. And able to discern so many things between right and wrong. And yet you still seem to be spiritually babyish. And you're not able to teach. And you need the milk still. And as I said last week, sadly, that describes... So many Christians, they don't seem to grow, they always seem to be the same, and after years and years of ministry, there is little depth, uh, little ability uh, to take the meat of the word of God, and they're always just wanting a wee simple word, a wee devotional word, Uh, something broke up to them with stories and anecdotes and plenty of illustrations And not too much theology to tax the mind. And so that is the way it is with immature Christians. The way they put it is just give me the simple gospel. Just give us the basics. Just keep on giving us the beginning, the first things, the first principles. That's what Paul is dealing with. Those people who are still on the milk, still want nothing but the milk. And they do want to get in deeper and deeper. Into the depth of the things of God. And the whole counsel of his holy word. Well the apostle is saying tonight. That will not do. He's saying tonight. That's not what we want. He's saying tonight. Leaving. Leaving the principles he says. Leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation. So let's look at our text. And it is an exhortation. It's an appeal of the pastor who's been long instructing his people. And there's a duty in it. There are verbs in it. There are things that you have to do as the people of God. And I want you to notice three things in the exhortation. First of all, the matter stated positively, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. And then secondly, the matter stated negatively, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. The matter stated negatively. And then thirdly the corporate commitment of pastor and people. And this will we do if God permit. If God permit. First of all then the matter stated positively. Leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ let us go on on onto Perfection. Now there are two action words in this expression. Two verbs. The apostle has carefully arranged them. He's put one at the start. He's put one at the very end. A careful arrangement to include all within the verbs. Leaving or having left the first principles of the doctrine of Christ. Onto perfection let us go. Let us advance. So literally that's what it is. Leaving on the one hand. Having left behind us on the one hand. The principles of the doctrine. Onto that perfection advance. Go forward. Remember how God said speak unto the children of Israel. That they go forward. That's that's always a description of the Christian life. To go on, to go on with God, to go on in the word of God, to go on in the things of God. Not to be stationary, to improve, or to grow as we were saying this morning. Samuel grew. He went on, he advanced, he improved. And that's the way it ought to be with the people of God. Especially the people of God who have been under the ministry of the word of God for a significant amount of time. You cannot remain stationary people of God. In fact, there's no such thing as being stationary. There is movement one way or the other. And if there's no movement, there's no life. You see, movement... Is the sign of life, the evidence of life. And movement means growth and advancement, and that's something what the child of God must manifest life, advancement, and growth. And if we're not advancing, we are retreating. If we're not going forward, we're going backward. If we're not rising, we're declining. That's the way the wicked go, they decline. They get darker and darker. They wax worse and worse. But the people of God are meant to be the opposite. They're meant to be growing on in the Lord. They're meant to be light in the Lord. What does the Bible say? The path of the just is as a shining light. Which shineth more and more. Unto the perfect day. They advance. And that's what we have to do. And that's a journey. That's what it says. Let us. Let us advance. Let us. Go on together, and we're to do it together. It's a congregational thing, you see. The apostle is careful to keep the plural pronouns here. We are together doing it. And including the pastor as well. We are to go forward. Let us. He doesn't just say, Use, members go on. No, he says, Let us, let us advance together. Pastor and people, preacher and congregation. Both together, going on in the things of God. You can't stay the same. You can't stay on the milk alone, to use the the last uh, paragraph in chapter 5. This is what Paul is, is, is meaning. Now, whenever he says, let us leave the principles, he is not talking about forsaking them. You're not to forsake the principles. That's not what is in mind here. There's a very clear picture in his mind here when he says, let us advance. He's looking upon us as marchers, as soldiers who have to make progress and we have to to carry our backpack. We have to carry, and there's some things you don't leave behind, but you leave the place and there's some things that you bring with you you carry on with you as you advance. And those principles, we're not leaving the principles behind, but we're carrying them forward, we're carrying them on with us, and we're growing with them still, more and more. And and that's the kind of image that's in his mind. It's like a baby. There comes a time whenever the mother has to say to the baby, no more breast, no more milk by this means, no more milk in this place. No, you have to have the solid food. You have to sit at the table now. You have to advance to the table. You have to get the food more solid in other ways. Now, of course, there'll still be milk. We like our milk still, don't we? But we don't don't get it at the breast as adults. We get it in other ways. We still have the milk, but not the milk alone. We have meat now. We're at the table. And we have the milk sometimes with the meat at the table. And we need the ingredients that are specially in the milk because there's something special about the milk uh, that we still have to take and to continue with us. So we still use the milk, but it's not the all, it's not the only, and it's not at the place where we received it when we were the little babes. No, there's advance now, there's going on. Uh, And this going on, it means exactly that. Advancing. The idea of moving on, bringing and carrying Something with you, something that's important, and that's what it is the first principles of the doctrine of Christ. They're not abandoned, we never abandoned those first principles, but we're growing and we're not forsaking them, we're carrying them with us, we're building on them. And as we carry them with us, what are we aiming for? Perfection, on to perfection, let us go. This is what we aim at. Be ye perfect, even as your Father is in heaven is perfect, the Lord said. Aim for that. Aim for that perfection. That is not sinlessness. Now, ultimately it will be that, but it's not sinlessness that is especially in the Apostle's mind, though that will form part of it. What is particularly in his mind is is maturity, is stature of an adult, is being not like a little baby but like a grown man that's what he has in mind, onto maturity we might even translate it onto maturity, so it's not sinless perfection and those who teach sinless perfection from this and say that sinless perfection is a real certain certainty in this life it can be and teach on this passage the basis for that are wrong it's not sinless perfection that is in the mind of the apostle It's the difference between being a baby and an adult. From being immature and mature. And then the mature Christian will still make mistakes and still have sins. But he'll not make as many mistakes. And hopefully not as many sins as the little baby. But it's the maturity that is the emphasis in the mind of the apostle. And whenever we grow, of course, we kind of take the little baby with us, don't we? You know, we don't become another person. And you know, we can look back there, there's a little baby left behind. No, you the, the baby you're coming along. You're growing, you're advancing. You're the same person that was the baby, but now you've come along and now you are the adult. So that's what he's talking about. It's not you get a zap and you get a second blessing and you're sort of turned from a baby into an adult and you have perfection all of a sudden. It's nothing like that. It's Norman growth, spiritual growth as you continue under a pastoral ministry, the expounding of the word of God. And that's what the apostle has in mind. Now notice how Paul describes our start in Christianity. He calls Christian babyhood the doctrine of Christ, the first the principles of the doctrine of Christ are as it literally might be, the word of the beginning. Of the Christ, the word of the beginning. So that word that we were converted by, that word that drew us out of our sins, that first word, that beginning word, about Christ. And it's all the doctrine of Christ. This is what Paul calls this growing. It's it's the whole growing in the doctrine of Christ. You have the beginning growing in the beginning, the first principles, but then you continue to grow more and more on the doctrine of Christ. But but beyond the first principles, there's the second principles, the third principles, you know, on and on and on. But it's all the doctrine of Christ. It's Christ-filled doctrine. It's doctrine about the Savior. That's the only way you'll grow. Hearing more about Christ. Learning more about Christ. Learning more about his person. More about his work. More about his glory. As revealed in this epistle to the Hebrews, that's what the apostle is trying to make. Mature Christians. And he's giving them nothing but Christ this exaltation of Christ, this present ministry of Christ now at the right hand of God, if you really imbibe that doctrine, if you really get sucked into the depths of that theology, you'll become mature. This is what the apostle is saying. This is what I want for you, he says. Get beyond the first principles, but it's still all the doctrine of Christ. It's all about the Savior. He never leaves Christ out. He only brings us to the Saviour and the Redeemer, our Lord Jesus Christ, and so this is what he he is wanting us to advance in and to progress in. But we have to get beyond the beginning. To use another illustration, it's like the alphabet, isn't it? How do you learn your words? You learn the ABC, and you don't leave your ABC because you just can't. You, your words now are made up of ABC and different letters, and then you form sentences, and then you form paragraphs. And lo and behold, after a while, you can write books. But it all started with your A, B, C. And you had to progress. And you don't leave your A, B, C. That's the whole foundation, the whole basis of it. You still have it. But you don't say A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You don't have to say that every day. You've got beyond that now. You have the words now. You have the creed now. You have the confession of faith now. You're able to state it as spiritual adults In God. Because he's taught you. And we've all got beyond that. At least I trust we have. So that's what he's kind of meaning here. And that's the whole purpose of Christian ministry. That's why we are among you you know. For this purpose. To advance you in spiritual growth. To get you beyond babyhood. To make you into spiritual adults. able to discern right and wrong discern the times know what the will of God is know how you ought to behave in society so we, we bring you on back from the simple gospel ABC to the deep things of the doctrine of Jesus Christ and we keep on working at it we keep on preaching we keep on teaching till you come to this maturity and you become An adult like Christ. And that's the purpose of a Christian ministry. And the Christian ministry to fulfill that. Has to be Christ centered. We preach Christ crucified. The whole title of every sermon. That a Christian preacher should preach. Should be called. As its main title. It will have all different subtitles underneath it. But the main title of the book. Of the sermons of every Christian pastor. Will be the doctrine of Christ. The doctrine of Christ. And that's why the ministry exists. Paul tells us that. For the perfecting of the saints. For the working of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Remember how he said to the Colossians. We preach Christ. Warning every man. Teaching every man. In all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect. There's this word again perfection. Every man perfect in Christ Jesus, maturity in Christ. And the Christian ministry is for the edifying of saints until we all come to the likeness of the fullness of the stature. The stature, the height. Just like Samuel, he grew in stature, the height of a man. And the Christian ministry is that you might grow to the stature as Jesus Christ. You'll never get taller than Jesus. No. But you'll get to his stature when you're glorified. And you'll be getting to it in your sanctification more and more every day. Getting to the stature of the Son of God. Isn't that wonderful? That's the aim of Christian ministry, you know. That's what it's all about. That's what I aim at. That's what all my planning is. To make you like Christ, not to please you, not to tickle you, not to make you amused—nothing like that—is to give you the doctrine of Christ, till you come to the fullness of the stature of the Lord. So that's it positively stated, and then he, to emphasise it, he states it negatively. Not—he puts in a not here—not laying again the foundation. Now, if you're a Christian and you're in Christ, you know the gospel. You're in the foundation. You're on the foundation. You're saved and you're well saved. And you don't have to build on the foundation again. You don't have to dig around the foundation. You don't have to check that the foundation's all right. You don't have to worry yourself about the foundation. You're in Christ. You've joined to Christ. You believe on him. You're saved. And you're on the solid rock And that foundation isn't going to shake, and you don't have to dig about it to make it more stable or anything like that. But on that foundation, you're to build up. Not laying the foundation, it's already laid, but on that building up, you build on the foundation and you grow. So the image is changing. Uh, it was first of all a little baby becoming a man, but now it's a foundation and it's no building becoming a building on the foundation, building up become a skyscraper a tar block on the solid foundation. Different image but the same idea, but we don't have to dig the foundation every day, you don't build up on it, and then oh I'll have to go down to the foundation again and make it a wee bit stronger it's nothing like that, I mean that's silly, that's foolishness now maybe in Turkey they might have had to go look at the foundations again. With all those buildings that collapsed during the earthquake. But with the Christian gospel. Nothing like that. There will never be an earthquake of hell or of earth. That will shake the foundations of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're solid. And they're sure and steadfast. But we have to build our own. And that's important that we do. But the primary thing is The foundation. Remember how the Lord Jesus Christ, he taught us, he is like a man who, which built a house and dig deep, laid the foundation on a rock, and when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon it, and it couldn't be shaken because it was founded upon a rock. And the Lord Jesus was saying there, he that hears my words is building on that foundation. And that's how we build on it, by hearing the words of Christ, the doctrine of Christ, there's no other way. The foundation is Christ himself. And other foundation can no man lay. Than that which is laid. you Remember how the saviour said. Who do men say that I am. You're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Blessed are you Peter. Heaven's revealed that to you. And upon that rock. I'll build my church. That's a rock. And we are to build on that. As co-builders with the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's another image then and that's what the Christian ministry is about the perfecting of the saints till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man now interestingly here the apostle gives now a description of the first principles he gives a kind of a picture of the foundation and he does so by six pillars if you count them out there there are six pillars in actual fact they are three pairs the two pillars two pillars two pillars like like a building you know you've ever seen these buildings in ancient times they have the pillars they're holding up the structure and and here's six pillars six super pillars part of the foundation holding up the structure that we're building on we don't have to lay them again they were led wherever we come to Christ and were born again and had faith in the Saviour. But he, he describes the six pillars in three prayers, these large columns of the doctrine of Christ. And the first prayer are repentance from dead works and faith toward God. Not laying them again, this repentance and faith toward God. Now, there's nothing more basic than that. Now that doesn't mean we don't repent and we don't keep on believing in God. We do keep on believing in God. We do keep on trusting in God. And we do keep repenting of our sins. But not like we did at the first. At the beginning. When we were born again and first repented and first believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, We don't stop these things. But as I say, we don't do them like we did at the beginning. We repented and we believed. And now we are children in the Lord. We were in darkness you see. We were in paganism. And we we turned from the dead works. We turned from the works of paganism. We turned from the works of the flesh. We turned from the works of just pleasing God. And realized it was faith in Christ. And we had the repentance. And we turned away from Satan and from the works of darkness and we came to the living and the true God. From all the idols out of paganism to come to have faith in the living and the true God. That, that was done at the foundation. We don't have to lay that again. And of course we don't repent of good works. We have to continue good works, but we repent of, of the sinful works, of the dead works, and we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we keep on doing this, as I say, we, we carry it with us, we grow and we keep on repenting and believing. But we don't have to get saved again. We don't have to leave the paganism again. We don't have to leave the Satan and the darkness again. No, we're in the light now. And we're growing on the Lord and growing in the Lord. And then the next prayer is baptisms, plural. And laying on of hands. And this is put in the middle. And these two go together. They are the the practical things of admittance into the church of Jesus Christ. This is not ordination, this laying on of hands, nothing like that. This is to do with reception in the church. This is to do with admittance into the congregation, following faith and repentance. The the catechists, they were instructed about their baptism and prepared for it, and uh, dressed for it and received their baptism and all all the rest. Now, there's a wee bit of obscurity about what is actually taking place. It's all lost in obscurity what happens at the baptism of the early Christians. But the application of water, the doctrine of baptisms, probably differentiated between John's baptism and the baptism of Christ, understanding the difference and receiving the baptism of Christ, and also the laying on of hands, that may speak of the praying over them, the blessing them in the name of the Lord as they're admitted to the congregation. Something along those lines. We think they are that there is in view here. That's all at the beginning. That's at the foundation level. You don't be rebaptized. Re-baptism is is not allowed in the Church of Jesus Christ. That's that's part of laying the foundations. You don't do that again. It's one baptism. It's one faith. It's one turning onto the Lord out of the darkness. And this uh, being received once into the church of the Lord Jesus Christ as the newly baptized, not repeatable, not laying again that foundation. Uh, there's no such a thing as two and twice and three times baptized saints in the early church. No such a thing. And so that's that's the other prayer. And then the final two prayers are just basic fundamentals. That we're largely responsible for our first coming to Christ. What does the Apostle say? The resurrection of the dead. And of eternal judgment. You see that's part of the foundation. Because when we're baptized into Christ. We know that we're baptized into his life. He's come up, up out of the grave. Just as we come up out of the waters. He comes up, up out of the grave. Risen with Christ. New life in Christ. That's all part of the foundation. And that was why we got saved. Because we heard of the resurrection of the dead. We heard of the judgment to come. We heard of hell. And the fear of God gripped our hearts. And the conviction of sin. And hell become a reality. And eternal judgment become a reality. That's all part of our coming into the foundation. We were awakened. We were concerned. We were disturbed. And we believed in Christ. And we repented. Because of the eternal judgment. That was going to fall on us. It was that that got us in. These foundations. These pillars. And we don't have to lay them again. We don't have to dread hell again. We don't have to preach these things again. As if we're still sinners in our sins. Yes we still preach on judgment. We still preach on the resurrection of the dead. We still advance in the knowledge of those things. But they're not the dread to us. That they were. In our coming out of paganism. And out of darkness into the light. We don't have to lay them as part of that foundation again. We're saved and in the Lord now. And we don't have to dread the judgment. And we can look forward to the resurrection from the dead. Not with terror. But with gladness. And with joy. And so we're still building on these pillars. And growing in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus and so we don't have to live as if we're unconverted and dread such things what did the apostle say as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord so walk in him advance go on what did Paul say I'm crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ liveth in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God. I'm in Christ, I'm living now, I'm advancing, I'm going on with God, I'm growing under the preaching of the gospel as Christ works in me by his mighty Holy Spirit. This is what the apostle is is talking about. Advancing, going on, living, going on to the fullness of the stature of the Son of God. And then the last thing, and very quickly, is the corporate commitment. And this is where it's very appropriate I feel that the Lord has brought us to this text tonight because as a congregation and as a minister who's been amongst you for 15 years we can say this verse together and we ought to say it together. This preacher we will do. We will do it if God permit If God allows and if it's God's will. It's an interesting verse. And it's a fitting conclusion to the exhortation. And notice the apostle does not say, Ah, we would expect him to say, "I, ah, I will do, if God permit. I, I, I'll go beyond this and I'll give you the meat. And I'll give you more than the, the six pillars and the foundation. But that's not what he says. He says, we're going to do it together. We're all going to advance, Pastor and people, beyond this. We're going to build. We're going to build a church. We're going to build a spiritual congregation together. Together, we're going to do it, and it's so fitting, as I say these words tonight. So let us resolve, congregation, that this will be done as a church, as minister and session, as deacon and members, as brethren and sisters. Let us do this together let us advance let us go on let us go forward let us grow to maturity as we preach and hear together the doctrine of Christ and the deep things of the word of God let us build up ourselves as another apostle has said on the word of God let us come to the meat of the word this we will do We'll get the meat. We'll come to the meat. We'll not be pretending so much on the milk. Let us go on then. And pray that the Lord will, will help me to prepare the meat. Continue to pray that in the time that we have left together. That he will grace me to lead you into the deep things of the doctrine of God. And of the whole counsel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let's advance together. To be more like the Savior. To be more like a mature saint. As Christ is. So let, let's resolve this together. Let's commit together. This, this we will do. Even after 15 years. Whatever is left. This we will do. There is one proviso. If God permit. We always have to say that congregation don't we? If God permit Let's remember it's all in the will of God. We can't do it in our own strength. We can't do it in in resolve alone. Resolution is not enough. We need the Lord. We need the Lord's grace. We need the Lord's power. We need the Lord's presence. We need the Lord's mighty word. If God permits. Is the overall writing aspect of this. Except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. So if God permits and and things may take place in the will of God that may prevent it Uh, it may be that some of us might be removed in God's providence from this place. Through death. If God permits it may be that we could be taken away in sickness or death If, if God permits we have to make allowance for this you see. Or maybe some of us have to move on in the providence of God whatever but As long as we are together and if God permits, let us continue our marriage as shepherd and flock and advance in the things of God. And let us go on to be strong in the Lord and may his mighty Holy Spirit be poured out upon us to that end and to God be the glory. Amen.